Hey everyone, welcome back to you and your pet hamster's favorite podcasting series, Critical Thoughts. As someone from New York, the present is quite an exciting time. Of course, the Yankees just re-signed their best player and signed Corey Kluber and the Mets traded for Francisco Lindor. That's all great, but it's not the subject of this episode. Instead, the reason for excitement is the mayoral race, and specifically, my guy Andrew Yang. If you listen to this podcast, you obviously know who Andrew Yang is. Last year, he took the country by storm by spreading the policy of UBI to the masses, and he convinced many to support his doctrine of human-centered capitalism, including me, a former Republican. A lot of Mr. Yang's appeal comes from his position as a political outsider, with innovative policy prescriptions powered by logic that both the intellectual and casual observer can understand and appreciate. Frankly, it seems like the other candidates understand and fear Mr. Yang's ideas, or they wouldn't furiously be working to adopt them while also disparaging Mr. Yang's character, portraying him as out of touch and attacking him over the most silly things. I mean, seriously, if you think that a bodega video that you don't like makes someone out of touch, you've got a whole nother thing coming when you realize how inundated this race is with millionaires and elitists. What the other candidates will refuse to tell you is that Andrew Yang has been a New Yorker for pretty much his whole adult life. He moved to New York City for law school and has been a resident for close to three decades. Some will point out that Mr. Yang moved to New Paltz during the pandemic, saying that he doesn't understand the struggle that many New Yorkers are going through as a result of COVID-19. Little do people know that Mr. Yang is one of the only candidates I've seen actually organically interacting with the community. This may seem like the bare minimum to many New Yorkers, and it's astonishing that other candidates are too sheltered to do this, but Mr. Yang actually rides his bike and takes the subway around the city. Not as a photo op but as a common citizen. Another reason to trust Mr. Yang's genuine interest in the New York community is the fact that he is not your average career politician. He's been a changemaker all his life, including building a multi-million dollar nonprofit that helped create thousands of jobs in 20 U.S. cities. Becoming mayor isn't merely a stepping stone like it is for other candidates. It's another way to influence positive change. Mr. Yang simply isn't a political person. His policies and ideas are based off of data and legitimate principles. He isn't simply copying the policies of others that seem popular. But you know who is doing that? Three of Mr. Yang's opponents. I won't name names, but there is a New York Times article about it. Speaking of UBI, it's important to show why this kind of policy is more effective than a New Deal public works program that is being advocated for by candidates such as Maya Wiley, one of Yang's greatest competitors. To start, UBI has much more long-term upside due to the uptick in aggregate demand that causes a multiplying effect that can help to revitalize an economy and help it sustain long periods of stable growth. Cash relief is also easy to implement and thus can be used as a fast measure to keep businesses afloat, allowing us to retain the jobs that we haven't already lost. Since Ms. Wiley has no cash relief plan, spending money on a WPA-like organization would simply ensure the failure of many New York businesses. While this organization would create jobs, it would also displace many small business owners from their careers and destroy communities by eliminating the stores that have been their centerpieces for decades. People may ask, how are you going to fund this billion-dollar program? Well, the answer is pretty simple. Tax private universities. 
Institutions like Columbia and NYU have non-profit status and are thus tax-exempt. However, today, private universities operate more like businesses than ever. These universities buy real estate, making the properties tax-exempt and robbing the city of its tax revenue. Thus, taxing universities may raise hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars. In addition, the policy of UBI is held within the doctrine of human-centered capitalism, a complex set of policies set to move New York forward. Because Mr. Yang's policies are data-driven and built within a specific doctrine, New Yorkers can trust him to make good decisions based on his very specific goal, to revive New York into a modern city that truly is the crown jewel of our nation, just like it was many decades ago. Mr. Yang also has several more extremely based policies, such as the creation of the position of civilian commissioner to help hold the police accountable. Mr. Yang has also pledged to invest in violence interruption programs, which have proven to be an effective community-led policy that reduces gun violence in American cities. Meanwhile, most other candidates, including Mr. Yang's main rivals, do not have a detailed plan on how to stop the spread of violence in New York, both from its citizens and the police. Overall, it seems like Mr. Yang eclipses his opponents in terms of integrity and on the issues. He is by far the best candidate and earns the endorsement of the Think Critical crew. This integrity and shrewd policymaking is what drove me to volunteer for Mr. Yang's campaign. Thank you for listening to this episode of Critical Thoughts, and please follow the account I made supporting Mr. Yang on Instagram. The at is Gen Z for Yang. That is Gen Z for Yang, all lowercase. In addition to that, don't forget to follow us on your favorite streaming platform and follow us on Twitter at GregThinkCrit for me and ThinkCriticalPC for the podcast. We always appreciate your support. Thank you for listening and have a great day.